0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Happy New Year, everyone. It's great to see you all. Uh, The first Sunday in 2016. How many of you didn't eat too much over the holidays i'm not sure if i qualify for that one <laughs> well hopefully we didn't eat too much or if we did eat too much maybe we can make some adjustments in our eating habits in the next couple of weeks um, as john mentioned we are launching a brand new series today uh, calling 31 days of prayer now did everybody get a card when you came in this morning if you did not get a card please raise your hand got a one person one person over here anyone else not get a card got a few over here keep your hands up nice and high till the ushers find you we got one here in the center guys everybody else have a card already right. if everybody could take out that card that you have and just take a look at it with me on the back side basically we have a calendar of the month of january and what we've been doing, we've been actually preparing for this the last couple of months. My mom has been gathering all of these scriptures. She's kind of the queen of prayer. And um, so she has gathered all these scriptures. And and, um, and our, what our goal is for the month of, of January is just basically to create a habit of prayer. Now I've heard different things about how long you have to do something, whether it's 21 days or 22 days or something, to be able to create a new habit. So we just went above and beyond, and we just said 31 days. And so our goal is just to create a a, a habit of prayer, whether you're a morning person or a night person or both or a middle-of-the-day person, um, that we would all be sort of praying for the same things, and we came up with some topics that we think are great to pray for. Now, obviously, you're not limited to these these prayer topics, We hope that you should be praying for more things and not just these things, but we could uh, make it a goal to be praying for all these same things. So we have a few scriptures under there. Now, all of these scripture references um, that she has used, we're, we're using the ESV translation, just so you know, if you want to use that same translation, whether your physical Bible or your Bible app. And we just suggest that you would look up the scripture... And then pray in line with the scripture. Now, um, in our series that we did back in September called Open Door, I actually did a Sunday where I actually just showed you how to pray the scripture. So if you missed that Sunday and you're not sure how to pray the Bible, you can go back and listen to that message. I think it's just called Speaking with God. And uh, so if you're not sure how to pray out the scripture, um, you, that will teach you a little bit how to do that. But the goal is that you would look up these verses, and the first three days, now we know it's already January 3rd, and you you might be thinking, oh my gosh, depending on your personality, you think, I'm already late, I can't start, forget the whole thing. Don't do that, just relax, okay? Um, you can catch up on three days, not too hard, uh, praying, the first three days are praying for our prime minister and cabinet, our premier and cabinet, and then our, our local mayor here in Mississauga. So just uh, if you know them by name, you can say their name. If you don't know their name, you can find out their names and pray for them. And then look up these verses uh, and be praying for the different individuals and different groups represented on these days. Now, once again, um, don't make this, you know, people have different personalities and they, get, they go overboard with certain things. Don't make this sort of a legalism thing for yourself. And then don't make it a, a, a shameful thing. Like, if on the 10th of the month you were too busy and you didn't pray, you shouldn't feel guilty on the 11th that you didn't pray for the things on the 10th. It's just something for us to get in the habit of praying, and my mother also suggested that this doesn't just have to be January. Once we hit February, we can be praying through these same things again in the month of February. We have a leap year, I guess, this year, so we got an extra day in February, and so we can um, all be praying together. We will also be um, putting these uh, days, they'll be on Instagram, they'll be on Facebook. So if you don't happen to have your card with you and you're commuting, you can just hop onto our app, like John said, and they will be up there and they will be able to help you to know what to pray for, for that day of the week. All right? All right? Okay. So let's be praying. Let's be creating a habit of prayer. Uh, in the month of January. So we're going to be talking about prayer and, and what it is and, and the benefits of it and how to pray a little bit and what the scripture teaches us. And it's such a vast subject, um, prayer in the scripture. So we're going to just take our time and talk about a lot of different things. And, and hopefully at the end of the month, um, if you're kind of like, I'm not sure what to do it, I'm not sure that I can do it, that you will have a little bit more confidence Um, to pray. And then you'll also, because you've created this habit of prayer, it'll be something that you'll be able to continue on past January. So what a little bit the purpose of this series. Um, All of us in January most likely are thinking about some changes uh, that we want to make, some adjustments. We call them New Year's resolutions. Maybe we set some goals um, in January, thinking about our future. Some, you know, like we already mentioned, maybe we overate in, you know, over the holidays, maybe we want to make some adjustments there. You, there's all these different areas that we can make adjustments in our finances and our relationships. And, you know, having a good prayer life will help us to do that. Having a good prayer life will help us to align ourselves to God's will for our lives, align ourselves to the scripture. And that's why we put scriptures um, with the things to pray for so that we can be doing Bible reading and we can be doing praying. It's kind of a, you know, uh, any good pastor will want his church to be praying and reading their Bible. It's always good for us to do that. And so we sort of killed two birds with one stone, if that's a good analogy for this. I don't know if it is or not. Um, but we, we, I want you to be, to be reading and praying in the month of January because you have some alignment to do. All of us have some alignment to do, some adjustments to make um, within our lives. That we all know if our car is out of alignment, if we've got one tire out of alignment, it shakes our whole car and then it can, you know, cause damage in your car. And so we want to align our lives um, with God's word, with his ways, and prayer is definitely one way that we can do that. And as we are disciples, disciples of Christ Jesus has called us to be disciples, that we should discipline ourselves to pray. And at first, it will be a discipline if you've never spent any time praying or if you've thought about praying, That it can, uh, at start, when you start out, it can seem like a discipline. But we want to move from discipline to delight. That you can actually enjoy your time of prayer. Spending time with God can be an enjoyable thing. Um, You can move past the difficulty. You can move past uh, your mind. And you can move past thinking, is anyone listening to me? Is this actually a waste of time? Is there any value in what I'm doing? And it can actually become a delight for us. So we want to align ourselves and then we also want to bring change and we want to be changed. So all of the things that we've listed there on your little prayer calendar that obviously everybody and you're also included on that list in in some respect. That all of us should want to think we want to bring the kingdom of God to these situations, to these people that we, obviously, the, we were praying for politicians and leaders the first three days um, of, of the month. And so we obviously, and I hope you would agree, that we would want God to be changing the heart of our politicians. And it, we would want God's will for our country and, and God's will for our province and God's will for our city. Now, a lot of times we just think we know what the prime minister should do and we know what the premier should do and we know what the mayor should do but i don't want you to ask that that the the prime minister the premier and the mayor would do what you want that we want to ask that they would do what god wants that god would be influencing their hearts so we through our prayer life that we can actually bring change that we're asking god to do the things that line up with his word and then also in in the context of us praying that we will also be changed spending time in God's presence, spending time in God's words, that we will be changed into the image of Christ. Let's turn over our Bibles this morning. Uh, like I mentioned last week, it'd be a good uh, New Year's resolution for you either to bring your Bible to church or make sure you've got the Bible app on your device and follow along. To, I know it's up there on the screen for you, but also follow along that if you want to be able to maybe write some notes or highlight something for after Sunday. 1 John chapter 5. Let's turn over there. 1 John chapter 5, <clears throat> and verse 14, we'll start reading there. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Tremendous verses here on the subject of prayer. It helps us to understand what we should pray. What should we be praying? Now, I already referenced it a little bit um, as it relates to our political leaders, that it's very easy for us to think that our political political leaders should do what we want them to do. And then a lot of times we'll be praying for them. The things that we want to see in the city, in the the province, and in the country. But instead, the scripture is telling us here that the things that we should be asking God for is the things that are according to his will, not just my will. That good prayer starts in the context of the will of God. And that's why we have verses. That's why we have scriptures for the things that we suggested for you to pray. Because that is the, the starting place for us. For effective prayer is in the context of God's will, understanding what God's will is and then praying and asking in line with God's will. So we're praying and asking. So this is our part. Our part is the praying and asking part. Our part is the lining up with what God wants and then asking for those things. And then God's part is the bringing it to pass part, right? Now, a lot of times we get those things twisted around and we just ask what we want and we want god to do it now and so we sort of switch jobs with god we think well if i were god i would do it now if i were god i would give this to me right now the moment after i pray for it but that's god's part that's god's job that's the thing he is saying what is he asking us to do he's asking us to ask in line with his word and then he is the one that will bring it to pass so it can be very confusing for us or it can be difficult for us because we're so stuck in time and they think, okay, I'm, I'm praying and asking for this thing and I've, I've got a scripture for, it, and I've prayed out according to the word and you know, any reasonable God would cause this thing to happen in two weeks because this is how I would think about time. And then we, we sort of two weeks goes by and then the thing that we've asked or asked for didn't happen. And then we get confused, and then we say, well, I guess God didn't want me to have it, and then we sort of lose out, and then we sort of stop even praying a lot of times because we've got our job switched with God. But our job is not the bringing it to pass part. Our job is the believing and asking part. Uh, Aligning up with what God said, ask according to his will, and then, once again, we're aligning ourselves with what God wants, and then we're asking in line with what God already said that we could have. First Corinthians chapter 3 says this, For we are fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. So in the aspect of prayer, that this gift that we have from God, that we can communicate with God, that the scripture is giving us this understanding that we're actually partnering with God to bring his kingdom to pass on the earth. And he said, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, that we would pray... Um, that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what are we doing? We're partnering with God, that God is asking us to be his partners, to be his friends, to be his family in the earth, so that we could be asking for his will, for his kingdom to come. And that we have this wonderful privilege to be partnering and lining up with God and to be his fellow workers. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 says this, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Now that word fellowship, we don't really use it um, all the time or ever, generally speaking, unless we're in church. And really, fellowship just means being with. It means sharing in common. When you have a conversation with somebody... Um, We had two gentlemen backstage. We had a a, a new grandpa and someone who had been a grandpa for a little while. And they were sharing grandpa pictures and grandpa stories and they were smiling and they were wondering why they didn't have grandchildren first because it's so wonderful to have grandchildren and so they had something in common. And this is what spending time with God is like, that we have this wonderful privilege of prayer to spend time with God. Not just to make it a drudgery thing that we would have to do. And it's a joy for us to be able to spend time with God. That prayer is the vitality of our relationship with God. It's not some legalistic thing. It's not some hard, difficult thing. It is actually a joy to spend time with those that we love, isn't it? You got to spend time um, over the holidays with your friends and your family. And it wasn't like, oh, I got to talk to these, well, maybe a few of them. But it's like the ones you really love, like, you know, that you get along with. It was a joy to be able to spend time with them. And we need to think about our relationship with God that way. There's wonderful things that happen when we pray. There's, you know, we get to explore God. We get to experience God. We get to understand God. When we spend time in prayer, we spend time fellowshipping with God and His Son Jesus. And we get to then also experience and understand our salvation. Because if we think about our salvation, our salvation is given to us. The scripture says that we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And if we were to, you know, um, use the stage as an example of our salvation and how vast and wide it is and and how uh, much of God that we can learn and grow, a lot of us, you know, we just sort of step in to our salvation and we think, oh, you know, I'm going to get to go to heaven when I die. And then we turn around and then we never experience any of God. We never understand it. Sorry, I walked out of the light. We could never understand God. We could never... um, We just sort of limit it to, okay, I just made this confession of faith. But our relationship with God becomes vital. It becomes sweet. It becomes wonderful when we spend time in prayer. Because when we pray and we understand from the word of God what to pray, his character is unfolded to us. His personality is shown to us and we can experience him. We can know him. That It's not just a, oh, okay, i got to ask for these things. That it's, it's just it's a wonderful thing to experience God's salvation and to be living it out and to be asking for it and to be understanding who God is. Because God actually wants us to experience him. And one of the ways that we can experience him is through prayer that we, as we are praying God's word and thinking God's thought and aligning ourselves to God's ways, that we can actually experience God. Now, there is some practicality to to prayer. and We can see some of this in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus was talking to his disciples about prayer. Let's just read this together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. It says that when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now Jesus is telling us some advice here. The practicality of prayer is that it's, you know, we we see public prayer and we see uh, corporate prayer or or church prayer also in the book of Acts, but Jesus is telling us that the majority of our prayer no one should actually see us do. It should be a private thing. So that we wouldn't be putting on a performance for other people um about how to pray. And, you know, growing up in church, this has kind of been one of my pet peeves about trying people trying to put a, a performance on when they pray. Now depending on your background, you may or may not have seen this, but man, people can get dramatic when they pray and it can become just a show and and they're they're doing so many things so that people can see them that it just be it it loses the validity of the prayer and jesus is actually saying that that if they're if you're doing a big prayer so that people will see you that's your reward not that you were actually effectively praying that you were actually putting on a prayer show for other people and um and and i and i like what jesus said hey pray in private so all of these things that we're praying you don't have to It's not some big show you're putting on for other people. It is actually just something, a private thing that we would do with God. You know, I've told the story before. When I was um, about 16 and my dad was on staff um, at another church, we were helping the senior pastor move. My dad was the associate pastor and there was a senior pastor. And we were helping the senior pastor move. And then there was another guy from the church Um, who was with us, who was helping us move. So the four of us went to McDonald's. So it was the senior pastor and my dad and me, um, 16-year-old kid, didn't really like church at the moment, but I was there, and this other guy. So we went to McDonald's in between the packing of the truck and the unloading of the truck. And so we were there sitting at McDonald's, and if you should pray for any food, you should pray for McDonald's food, Um, that it doesn't kill you on the spot but I'm not sure if it was my dad or the other pastor, but one of them made the horrendous mistake of asking this guy to pray for the food. And why it was a mistake is that he hears my chance. Here's my chance to show the pastor and the associate pastor that I really know how to pray. And so we're there in McDonald's, one of the McDonald's booths, hey, you're going to pray, and so... He started to pray, you know, and I'm 16 and not really interested in church anyway in this moment. And he went on and on. I mean, it would have been, thank you, God, for this food. Make sure it doesn't kill us. Jesus' name, amen. Would have been enough. But he started praying for families in the church. And I started to sin in the middle of his prayer. I was glaring across him. And if my eyes were knives, they would have been stabbing him. Because I don't want to be in some extended prayer in public, let alone McDonald's. And then he's just put, he's going on and on and on. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. A prayer show. Let's not put on prayer shows. All right? So, and Jesus is telling us, hey... Prayer is a private thing. Prayer is its is you and God hanging out and talking. And once again, not that you can't pray for other people and not that prayer can't be done publicly, but don't do the big thing, all right? It, it kind of, Jesus is saying it, it it's vain, it's empty. So we don't want to put on prayer shows, but we actually want to be genuine and authentic. And that's what, when you are do, doing private prayer, that's where the discipline comes in, but that's also where the delight comes in. That, we're, that you're disciplining yourself to uh, think about the Word of God, to ask in line with the Word of God, and to be thanking God for who He is. And then you actually, in those moments, you just don't stay at the door of your salvation, that you actually step through the door and you start to explore and understand who God is, and experience who God is, in these times of fellowship, in these times of prayer. First Timothy chapter 2. Let's turn over there. <clears throat> Famous verses on prayer, and I actually think it's here on these first couple days. Yes, it's actually on the Prime Minister Day. First Timothy chapter 2. Verse one, it says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God, our savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, man the man, Christ Jesus. So we see this, this very first verse says, first of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions. Now we're going to be talking about these different things, um, these different types of prayers in January. And then it says, and thanksgivings be made for all people. That thanksgiving is actually a type of prayer. And this is actually the type of prayer that I want to finish as we finish the message this morning, just focusing on being thankful, that with all of this asking, that all of this asking that we're going to be doing, all these things and people that we're going to be praying for in the month of January, a great companion with all of our asking is thanksgiving. And it is actually a type of prayer and is probably one of the most, imp- I mean, it's all important, but one of the most important types of prayer is thanksgiving because it sets a certain attitude. As you come into the presence of God. The scripture talks about we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That it it sets us right. It sets us going in the right direction by being thankful. Jesus said, you know, in the Lord's Prayer. The first thing in the Lord's Prayer was, Hallowed be your name. That thanksgiving is a part of worship. See, in everything, without thanksgiving, you will take everything and everyone... ...for granted. Without thanksgiving, you will take everything and everyone for granted. And everything will become common or not that important. And you will think that you're just entitled to everything. Everything that you have and everything you don't have. You think you're entitled to it. As opposed to the opposite of that is being thankful... Cultivating a lifestyle of thanksgiving. This is what we want to finish on this morning. Now, a natural expression, when somebody gives you something and when you have something, what do we train our children to say? Thank you. When they're in a restaurant, they give them somebody gives them something and you say, What do you say? Would you tell them what is the first thing they're supposed to say? They're supposed to say thank you. And then when you when you give them something, you, you train them, well, what do you say? Now, that's important for our kids, but it's also important for us, isn't it? Is it as important for us as it is for our children to be trained? Now, we know it's good social graces, but it is actually good social graces and our relationship with God. That once we step into the door or we step through the door of salvation, which is Jesus, and we look at, at the vast expanse of what is provided in our salvation... And all of the amazingness of who God is and all that he's provided for. And as we look into the room, as it were, of salvation, what should be our first thing? I'll tell you what I need, God. I need this, and I need this, and I need this. This is what I need over here, and this, and I need it by Tuesday of next week. I'll be back. (laughs) What if your kids stood in your kitchen and did that? Be like, give me your phone. You're never going out again. You're never getting the car again. Why? Because it's an attitude problem, right? It's an attitude issue. And so when we walk into the door and we step into God's presence in our time of prayer and we look around and then we stop to think just for a second about all of the things that God has given us. The very first thing that we can think about that... Hey, there's breath in my lungs. I'm alive. Huh? What about that? What if we just started there? What if we started, I thank you, God, for the life that you've given me. Thank you. And then you, I mean, think how, if you just started there and you just slowed yourself down, you wouldn't be necessarily I need this, and you might not you might not get past the Thanksgiving part if you you might have 10 minutes to pray before you've got to go somewhere, and if you actually were to slow yourself down and start to thank God for what you have and what He's given to you and the people in your life as imperfect as they are, are you thankful for them? Awkward church moment coming up. Turn to the person beside you. Hopefully you know them. If you don't, I apologize. Just say, with some genuineness in your heart, especially if it's your spouse, I'm thankful for you. Okay, now let's just pause. Now what if... Now, those, those could have been just empty surface words. I get it. <laughs> but what if we actually connected those words with some authenticity? And we did it every day. Yeah, I, I know that they're per- imperfect, and I know they made a lot of mistakes, and I know they don't say all the right things, just like you don't. But what if we were to focus on the things that we're thankful for? What if we were to train our eyes to be thankful and our hearts to be thankful? He said, hey, we're going to pray for those in authority and for all people, which would include the people beside you. We're going to pray and we're going to ask for some things. And then he said, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a tremendous companion For all asking. It's a natural expression of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus. For you. Now. Just want to make sure we're reading this correct. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances because all circumstances are not coming from God, but it says give thanks in all circumstances. That it is the will of God, the verse continues, for us that regardless of the circumstances, we are supposed to be thankful, finding things to be thankful for because thanksgiving is one of the ways out of your circumstances. It is one of the ways out of the negativity. Because it has to start within you. We want want to see change, and we want to be changed. And thanksgiving will change us. If we decide to be a thankful person, there will be a lot less to complain about. There's a lot to complain about, sure. There's a lot of rants that we could do. We can, you know, we get very eloquent. We want to rant and we want to complain. But what if we got as eloquent and as specific about being thankful? Because he says, it's the will of God for us. It is the will of God for us to be thankful in all circumstances. See, and then if we're thankful in all circumstances. We're not worried about the timing of things coming to pass. We're not worried about the timing of this happening or that happening or this happening because in all circumstances, I'm just going to be thankful. In all circumstances, I'm just going to put my faith in God. I'm going to put my trust in God that I have aligned my ask. Got to be careful how you say that. I have aligned my ask. Some of you just woke up, finally. <laughs> to the will of God. And then I'm going to let God be God. Right? And then what am I going to do? What's my job? What's the will of God for me? Is the will of God for me to worry about when it's going to change and worry about when this is going to happen and when is the economy going to change and, and when will the politicians that I like, when will they get in power and when will this happen? and when? You no, know, my job is to, in all circumstances... Be thankful. The apostle Paul and Silas got put in jail. They were accused and they were assaulted. They had cast the devil out of this girl who was a, sort of a soothsayer. And then when they cast the devil out of her, she was sort of useless to her owners. So they were mad. And they took uh, Paul and Silas and they accused them. And then Paul and Silas got beaten with rods. Does that sound like a fun day? And then they're in jail. Now these, I mean, nobody wants to be in jail at any time, but this, I mean, there's no electricity, there's no running water. And they're there and it's the, it's the darkest part of the night. And it says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God while the other prisoners listened. What were they doing? They were praying And they were singing praises to God in jail, no electricity, no running water, recently beaten with rods. And we think we got problems. We got first world problems, but there's no Wi-Fi in here. Seriously. There is actually Wi-Fi in here. Um. Or other places that we go. And we complain about these things. And here they are in the middle of a really difficult circumstance. And they're praying and they're singing praises to God. And the other prisoners, listen. Verse 26. Suddenly a strong earthquake shook the jail to its foundations. The doors opened and the chains fell from all the prisoners. When the jailer woke up and saw that the doors were opened... He thought that the prisoners had escaped. He pulled out his sword and was about to kill himself. Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself! No one has escaped. The jailer asked for a torch and went into the jail. He was shaking all over as he knelt down in front of Paul and Silas. After he had let them out of the jail, he asked, What must I do to be saved? They replied, have faith in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. This is also true for everyone who lives in your home. Then Paul and Silas told them and everyone else in the house about the Lord. And what if Paul and Silas had decided to do something else? To complain and just say, well, all we were doing, we we were just casting the devil out of a girl. You know, we were trying to do good and we're trying to do good for God and see where it gets us. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing the, all these things for God and I'm out preaching the gospel and all I do is get put in jail and beaten with rods. Did they do that? No, they prayed and sang praises. And not only, listen, not only did it turn their situation around, it turned other people's situation around. That we pray and we ask supplications, intercessions with thanksgiving. Hebrews chapter 13. Through him let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. That we don't... We're, when we come to worship and we, we come to, you know, the temple as it were. We're not bringing an animal to sacrifice anymore. But what are we bringing? We're bringing the fruit of our lips. What is the sacrifice? That I'm praising God, that I'm thanking God. And when you're sacrificing something, that means that you could have used that breath, those moments, for something else. Instead of praising God, what else could we be doing with our lips our talking? We could be being angry. We could be being frustrated. We could just talk confusion all the time. Does that help us? Does that get us anywhere? But what should we do if we're going to sacrifice that instead of complaining, instead of being negative, that we would use our breath, that we would use our lips to thank God? Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things. Everybody say all things. Without grumbling or disputing so what if we aligned ourselves to that in 2016 how would it change our life how would it change our thinking how would it change our words that we would do all things without grumbling or disputing kimson okay, says yeah but if you if you don't complain how do you get what you want you can have a discussion about something without turning it to a complaint without turning it to an entitlement attitude that you can talk about something that you can talk about things that you want and you can talk about things with an attitude of thanksgiving versus an attitude of entitlement do all things without grumbling and disputing that you will be blameless and innocent children of god without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation whom you shine as lights in the world. How are we going to shine as lights in the world in the middle of a crooked and twisted generation? Do we live in a crooked and twisted generation? Yeah, we do. Now, but how are we going to shine as lights? Are we just going to complain about it? Are we just going to be negative about it just like everybody else? Are we going to find fault with all of our politicians and be vocal about it and, and be, go public and go Facebook with it and go Twitter with it and just complain just like everybody else? Or are we going to maybe, maybe I'll pray God's will instead for them? Because you know what? They need help more than they need your opinion. Because I know you're putting it out there for them to read, but I'm just telling you, they're not reading your tweets. Do you know what I mean? And then all we did was just complain. And then all we did was just get ourselves worked up. What's a better use of our breath? What is the thing that's going to shine a light in the middle of a crooked and twisted generation? Instead of complaining about all of our first world problems... That maybe we could align ourselves to this idea of being thankful. God, thank you for what you've given to me. Thank you for the people in my life. Thank you that I can actually speak to you. Philippians chapter 4. A couple more verses here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. So we're going to be doing a lot of asking this month. Oh, one other thing my mom told me to tell you that I forgot. <clears throat> that she said, don't just limit yourself to these verses, that you can find other verses as well. Now I mean we were limited on space and, and different things for some of what we have in these squares, but you know, we actually have some um, on our website in the media section we have some links to some online Bibles so you can go in and you can put in a certain word and you can see other verses come up, so we encourage you to do that as well. Is that good, mom? I got approval from the Queen of Prayer, everybody. So we're going to be doing a lot of asking this month. And so we need to be doing a lot of thanking as well. It is a companion of asking. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus do not be anxious about anything don't be fretting and don't be nervous and don't be fearful about anything but instead of in lieu of anxiousness and fretting and worry what's a better use of our breath what's a better use of our words what are we going to do we're going to pray and ask what about all of these, poli- these three politicians, one, two, and three? We may or may, may or may not line up with their political agenda or platforms or anything they do at all. But what's a, a better use of our breath? That we would just complain and then the air of our breath would stop there and nobody else would hear and nobody would care except maybe a few people on Facebook are like, yeah. Like that's it or we could pray and our voice could be heard in the throne room of God and we would be aligning ourselves to his ways and to his will and to his word what's a better use of our words just complaining or would we pray and then we would pray with thanksgiving and then verse 7 says this and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus peace Now I don't know exactly what your new year's resolutions are and your goals are and you should have some for your family and for your finances and for your health, you should make some goals and you should make some changes. There should be some uniqueness to the, those that you make. But I know everybody in this room wants to live in peace. You want to have peace in your heart, you want to have peace in your mind. How are we going to get there? Are we going to be anxious? Are we going to be nervous? Are we going to complain? Are we going to be negative? better use of our breath is to pray and to ask and to be thankful let's just pray this morning heavenly father we are so thankful today as we step in in our minds and our hearts to the room of salvation that you have provided for us We look around and we are amazed at your love, amazed at your goodness, amazed at your grace and your provision. And as we stand in your presence and look at all that you have given to us, Lord, we are so thankful. We're so thankful, Lord, for the people in our lives. Lord, and and forgive us. Instead of being thankful for them, Lord, forgive us for being a complainer about them. Lord, help us to value them. Help us to value the people in our lives. Help us to value our friends. Help us to value our spouse. Help us to value our parents and our children. Lord, could you value them? We're so thankful for them, Lord. We're so thankful for the joy that they bring to our lives. Father God, as we as we think about this year, as we think about 2016, Lord help us as we spend time in your presence, as we spend time with you. Help us to understand and see you more clearly. Help us to understand and align ourselves to your will and to your ways for us, for where we are in this season of life, that we could bring change, Lord, and we can be changed. We thank you, Lord, that we can experience your peace, we can experience your love every day, not just a Sunday thing. That as we spend time in your presence, as we spend time talking to you, We can experience you, and we can know you, and we can understand you greater and more. And we just thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.